0: Leviticus 3. And let's do the smart thing and have a quick word of prayer. Lord, once again, we just ask for your blessing. As always, Lord, you teach, we listen, and uh, let your spirit guide and direct in all things, Lord. And ask for your blessing upon everything going on in the back, too, with all the kids. And just pray you would go before that in your name. Amen. All right, continuing our study here through the book of Leviticus. And we're not going to do the whole book. Uh, There's five main offerings at the beginning of the book of Leviticus. That's what we're going to focus on for now. There's a couple other things we may pick up. But a couple weeks ago, we started into this, and the first one was the burnt offering that we went through. A couple weeks ago, then we went through the grain offering, or for your good old King Jamesers out there, the meat offering. Tonight is the peace offering. Now, if you haven't been with us the last couple weeks, what we're going to do is we're just going to go through and talk about what the offering is at first. Just talk about it, and then we're going to come back and talk about the symbolism of it. Because with all these offerings, there's a picture of Jesus in them, and there also is a picture of us in them too. And so as we go through this, that's the point that will come out. If you just go by what it says, you're going to not get much out of it, and you're going to say, okay, God, what a waste of time. But when you really stop and look at what all the symbolism represents, you say, wow, Lord. What a neat picture. And remember, when we first started this study a few weeks ago in Hebrews, we talked about how the sacrifices say in Hebrews 9, 10, and 11, those sacrifices are a picture of Jesus or a God-ordained system that is a picture of Christ, that Bible says. And so as we go through this, we can see Jesus in these sacrifices. So peace offering. Peace offering. First thing here, it's voluntary. These are all still voluntary. No one has to do this offering. It says, when his offering is the sacrifice of a peace offering, and some of your translations may say fellowship offering, if he offers it of the herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. So just a couple facts here. You could offer this as part of the herd. It could be an ox, it could be cattle, uh, it could be a lamb, or it could be a goat. Now note with the burnt offering from a few weeks ago, you could also have offered a bird. And we talked about how depending on where you're at financially in life, you could always offer something. The poor could always at least go buy a bird, and the most wealthy could then move themselves up. There's no bird option on this one, because with this offering, this meal is shared amongst people. So if you had a bird, there's really not a whole lot to share. So you had to stick with animals of some size there. So something of the herd or a lamb or a goat. A bird wouldn't have enough meat to share. So like any of the other offerings, verse 2, and he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood all around on the altar. I cannot stress this to you enough, and you're probably tired of hearing this. Sacrifices are a bloody thing. There's no way around that. So when you brought your animal in, You're taking that animal, and with one hand, your hand is on the animal, and with the other hand, you are slitting the animal's throat. The blood starts coming out. The priest collects some of that, and then that blood then is sprinkled here around the tabernacle, around the altar. And if you were here a few weeks ago, we had those pictures up that we put up on the screen there of the altar. And remember, the altar was huge, about 7 foot by 7 foot, about four and a half foot tall. Huge thing here. And so what would happen is this altar is always burning. We're building on this. The altar would start out in the morning with a burnt offering. Then it would start out with a grain offering. And so now we're dealing with peace offerings. So there's always burning on this huge, huge thing. And I do not say this disrespectfully at all again, but one commentator says it's a constant barbecue. I mean, that's what it smells like. That's what it is. Meat is always being put on them. So this offering, once it's killed, the blood is sprinkled. Verse 3, then he shall go offer from the sacrifice of the peace offering, an offering made by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on entrails, the two kidneys and the fat that is on them by the flanks, and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys, he shall remove. Now, this is a key point. No fat. The fat gets all taken off. Now, once again, with the burnt offering, you butchered the animal, this priest got the skin. All the insides had to be washed, and then it was offered. Now, we talked about how the burn offering that showed us, God doesn't want our skin. Your skin is sinful. My skin is sinful. God doesn't want it. He wants your inside, and He wants your inside to be washed in Jesus Christ. That's the burn offering. Our insides are cleansed and then placed on the altar of sacrifice. Lord, here I am. You don't want my sinful flesh. You want me on the inside. Well, here, God says, I want the fat. Now, if anybody's ever butchered an animal before, to go in and, and to cut off all this stuff, this once again, I cannot stress to you enough, this is going to be a very bloody thing. There's no way around that. I, I firmly believe that if we could go back in time a few thousand years and go watch sacrifices, I don't know how many of us could handle it. And I don't want to ruin your meals for you for the rest of your life, but, you know, ground beef doesn't come that nice and pretty and simple. It just doesn't. It has to go through this process to get here. And what you're dealing with as you look at this, this is going to be something here. If you're making this sacrifice, you're putting a lot of effort to it. First off, you're putting money into this animal. And second off, you're putting a lot of work into it, and you're going to get dirty. You're going to get bloody. Now, obviously, you can see some analogies here real quick. I don't want to get away too far ahead, but you know what? We killed Christ. Our hands are bloody. Our hands have the blood of Jesus on it because we sacrificed Christ. And, and we are responsible for his death, his sufferings. And so as you're butchering up this animal, it's a picture of us butchering up Christ. So God wants the fat, and what happens in verse 5, "...and Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is on the wood." that is on the fire as an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Then it kind of goes on here, talks about how it can be male or female without blemish. We've talked about that before, good representation of Christ. It says in, uh, I think it's in Second Peter there about Jesus was the lamb without spot or blemish. Verse 7, it can be a lamb, same thing there about killing it. And it just kind of moves on, verse 12, it can also be a goat. So you get the, the, the feeling here, here. It can have something from the herd. It can be a lamb or it can be a goat. You sacrifice it. Blood is sprinkled. And then you cut it open and you have to cut out all the fat. All the fat has to be taken out. The fat is then burned on the altar. Let's move on real quick here. Let's get the second half of this. Go to chapter 7. Chapter 7 We'll get the second half of this and then we'll come back and talk about what it means. What you have here in chapter 7 from verses 11 through 21 is the next step of this sacrifice. Now, This sacrifice, if you read through verses 11 through 21, there's three reasons why you would do this sacrifice. Three reasons. The first one is just because you're thankful to the Lord. You're thankful for what God has done, and you just want to do it. Verse 12, if he offers it up for a thanksgiving. So you just want to say, Lord, I'm thankful for it. The next reason you would do it is because that you have done a vow and that vow has been completed and so therefore you want to say thankful, thank you to the Lord, verse 16, but the sacrifice of his offering is a vow. So you have said, Lord, I don't want to say you cut a deal with him because I don't like that term because we don't cut deals with the Lord here, especially in the New Testament and the Age of Grace and the New Covenant, but... You would do this because you would say, Lord, I promised you that I would do this if this happened, and I just want to say I'm thankful for it. So it was a vow, you promised it. And the third one there in verse 16, it's a voluntary offering for just no reason. You just wanted to do it. So you're either doing it because you're thankful, because an event happened, maybe a prayer was answered, maybe something good happened, so you wanted to do this. The next one was for a vow, that you've made a vow to the Lord. If I remember correctly in Leviticus later on, if you did like a Nazarite vow, this is one of the offerings that happened at the end of it. Or lastly, you just did it because you just wanted to. Now, we'll get into why you would wake up one morning and say, hey, I want to go butcher a lamb. We'll get to that one in just a little bit. So, three reasons why you do it. Now, while you do this, it gets interesting. Verse 12, you've got to make a cake with it. Verse 12, if he offers it for a Thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifices of Thanksgiving unleavened cakes mixed with oil. Unleavened wafers anointed with oil or cakes of blended flour mixed with oil. A couple different options there. But it has to be unleavened bread with oil. And then, note verse 13. Besides the cakes, as his offering, he shall offer leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So as you do this offering, there's two types of bread you need to bring. One is an unleavened piece of cake with oil. The next one is leavened bread. And this is now shared with the priests. So you get some, the priest gets some, and God gets the fat. And then in verses 11 through 21, it goes through the details. You only have so many days to eat this. If you don't eat this after a couple of days, God says, burn the rest of it right on the altar. He goes, don't leave any hanging around. Burn the rest of it on the altar. So, that is the peace offering. If you look at it just from that perspective, it's kind of interesting. Just because I'm thankful, or because a vow has been completed, or just because I want to, I go sacrifice a goat, or a lamb, or an ox. I cut all the fat out of it, all the fat gets given to the Lord. I have to make one cake with unleavened bread and oil that the priest gets. I also have to make another one there with leavened bread. So I've got to bring two things of bread. And I've got a couple days to eat this. If I don't eat this, everything has to be burned. And this is totally voluntary. I can do this whenever I want for any one of those reasons. Now, once again, with any of these sacrifices, if you just stop and with that, you think, what a waste of time. Now, what does it represent? Well, the first one is, it represents Jesus. Remember with all these sacrifices, there's a picture of Jesus. You got the unspotted, blemished lamb, the lamb that's torn into pieces, the lamb that's cut, the blood that's sprinkled. That represents Christ, obviously. Now, what is it about the peace offering? Well, if you're taking notes, write this verse down. Colossians 1, verse 20. Colossians 1 verse 20 says that we have peace through the cross. So this offering is a representation of the peace that you have through the blood that was shed. By Jesus, you have peace with God now. Because before we accepted Christ as our saviors, we were destined for hell. And so therefore, through the peace offering, you now have peace with God the Father, you have entrance into heaven because of Jesus' death on the cross. In fact, Paul, with 13 books that he wrote in the New Testament, he uses a phrase that's repeated verbatim, peace from God. Go check it out. In all of Paul's writings, one of the first sentences he always says is peace from God from God. This offering is a picture of the peace that we have through Christ, through his death on the cross. When all five offerings were offered, peace offering almost always went at the end because it goes at the end to show it's all complete now. You have peace. Burnt offering is your total self consumed into the Lord. We talked about that. Grain offering is a picture of service. We haven't got to the other two yet, but peace offering went at the end to show that you now have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So this is a picture of Christ, his blood being shed to bring us peace, and it is there repeated numerous times throughout the New Testament. You only have peace with God through Christ. That's the first representation. Now, how does it affect us? How are we in this? Well, it's kind of interesting because this is kind of a, a tough topic to talk about with us. This is one thing I found fascinating. Um, I've been out here as the pastor for 11 years now. and have been teaching Wednesday nights now for 14 years. And I tell you, you know what one topic you can bring up that's going to cause everybody to get a little restless? It's amazing. I can stand up here from behind the pulpit and tell everybody Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life, and no one gets to the Father except through him, that it's Jesus or hell. And everybody would say, amen, and I agree with you. I could sit up here and say, this is God's holy inspired word, and we all believe that this is it, and everybody would say, amen. I could say, we believe that six days creation, everybody says, amen. But if I bring up the topic of worship, wow, people get frustrated about worship. Why? Because we all think worship should be done a certain way. This offering is a picture of praise and worship to God. Now, what's built on that? How is it an offering of praise and worship to God? First off, if you're taking notes, Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15, a really interesting verse. It says, we bring the sacrifice of praise. chew on that one for a little bit. When you come in to worship the Lord, it's a sacrifice. Why is it a sacrifice? Because God says, when you come in to worship, be it for the 15, 20, 25 minutes, whatever it is, God says, would you please, for that brief moment of your life and time, not think about yourself? You know how hard that is as a human being to not think about yourself? Especially on a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. How many of you had a long day at work? you got a big day tomorrow. It's a struggle just to get here. And so now you're coming in and you just don't want to think about anything? Right, God says, bring the sacrifice of praise. He goes, can you for 15, 20 minutes just worship me? Don't think about this or that. It's a sacrifice. Because as human beings, we like to think about ourselves. It's a sacrifice to not think about ourselves. God says it's a sacrifice. Now, why is worship sometimes difficult? Because did you note in this sacrifice, this is the first time in this sacrifice everybody has a role. God gets the fat. You bringing the sacrifice gets something. And the priest gets something. Everybody finally gets something out of this one. With the other sacrifices, it was all God or the priest got this. It was never all three. Now all three. One time when we were teaching on worship... This subject came up and we said this. Imagine on a typical Sunday that you got two, three hundred people out here. Now imagine that those two, three hundred people are all going to pick the same radio station, pick the same song in that radio station, the same style of song in that radio station, and here's the kicker, pick the same volume level. You guys have all been in vehicles where the person before you had the volume up way too high or way too... to get everybody on the same page musically... That's a gift of the Spirit. And that's why worship can become so touchy. Well, that's not the way I heard that song on the radio. I don't like the way they do it. I like the way they do it. That's not the way I heard it. And it can become so picky on things where God says, can't we just worship? That's why, did you notice in verse 12, in chapter 7, do you want to do the unleavened cakes mixed with oil? Do you want to do unleavened wafers and oil with oil? Or do you want cakes of blended flour mixed with oil? Which one do you want? See, when we talked about the sacrifice of service a couple weeks ago, we said how you could make the sacrifice three different ways because each one of you are going to serve in a different way. And we talked about, what's us just say, cleaning the church. Some of you are going to say, hey, I hate cleaning bathrooms. I'm going to do that first. Some of you are going to say, I hate doing bathrooms, so I'm going to do that last. Is it wrong? Everybody serves a different capacity. I'm telling you right now, every one of us here has a different style of worship that we like. And if we are all alone by ourselves with the Lord, that style is your own unique style. Now, when you do that as an individual, that's great. But when you come together as a corporate worship, it gets a little more difficult, doesn't it? And Satan is really good. He's really good at taking little things and making big things out of it. I'll tell you, one of the things I always tell people to pray for is pray for worship out here at Harvest because it's a third of the service, it prepares our hearts for the message, and Satan's going to attack it with everything he can. And it's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice you know, for those involved with it to come out early and practice, the sound guys, the people up here playing, everything. It's also a sacrifice, too, just to sit there. It's a sacrifice to sit there and not be distracted. We were talking about worship at the men's Bible study a couple of Saturdays ago, and one of the things I told the guys was, if you look at me worshiping, which you shouldn't because you should be focused on Jesus, but if you happen to see me, a lot of times it looks like I have a horrible headache So I sit there with my head down, with my hands like over my head because I'm such a human being, I'm going to get distracted. If I'm by a window, it's like, oh, look who's pulling in. If I'm by the door, it's like, oh, look who's here. No, I, I can be so easily distracted. Lord, I just want to focus on you. Now, why is this the first sacrifice where you finally get something? Because I'm telling you right now, if you come in with a heart for worship, you're going to get blessed. You actually get something. Well, don't I get something out of serving? Don't I get something out of the burnt offering? Yeah, you do. But there's something about worship. That when you stop and you say, Lord, I'm bringing you the sacrifice of praise and I'm going to give it all to you. Wow, you, you get blessed. I told Dawn when I got home Sunday, um, I, there was two of the songs that happened Sunday and I wrote both of them down. And I went back and looked at the lyrics because those songs just so totally Just blessed me. And it's just amazing how some of those songs, those words, you get blessed when you really stop and say, Lord, I just want to give it over to you. And so often we think of worship as Sunday mornings at 10 or 8.30 or it's Wednesdays at 7. My goodness, I encourage you to have a time of worship every day. Maybe it's in your car on the way to and from work, flip it over to a Christian radio station, have a CD of praise, or it doesn't even have to be musically. Get into the Psalms. Just for devotions, read some of those great Psalms of worship. You will be blessed. If you feel your Christian life is dry right now, get into worship and you will be blessed by it. When you get into worship, there's no way around it. You will be blessed by that. key thing with the worship, though, did you catch in verse 12, that word oil, oil, oil. What's oil representative of? The Holy Spirit. So therefore, worship needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of talented men and women that can play an instrument or have a great voice. They're not leading worship in the Spirit. There was something about having that spirit. They're saying, Lord, you be here. This is for you. It's the sacrifice of praise. God says, I want that spirit there. Now, did you catch this in verse 13? Besides the cakes as his offering, he shall offer leavened bread. Now, what do we know about leaven in the Bible? Leaven usually represents what? Sin. So why in the world in worship, in a sacrifice of worship, a peace offering where God said, I want leaven." That makes no sense. That almost goes against everything that the Lord says. Everything is unleavened. Unleavened bread, unleavened bread, and now I want leaven? You know what that leaven represents? If you're taking notes, this is my personal opinion, so be careful before you write this down. My personal opinion is I think when you look at verse 13, you see leavened bread, I think that's you and me. God says, James, you're sinful. You're leavened. But I still want you to be involved in worship. He lets me be involved. Even though I'm a piece of leavened bread... I I am sin. Until I'm home in heaven with Christ for all of eternity, I'm still going to have sin in me. I'm still going to have leaven in me. It's a battle. He still says, James, I want you to be a part of that worship. I want you to worship me. And I say, wow, Lord, thank you. Can you imagine if worship was just reserved for the unleavened? Only the saints in heaven that are now in heaven can only worship God because they are now perfect. We'd be sitting here on earth saying, wow, I really want to worship God. Oh, you can't. You're sin. Lord, I know I'm sin, but I just want to praise you. Don't praise me, you're sin. God says, I know you're loving. I know you're not perfect, but I still enjoy your praise. I love that. God says, bring the leaven in the sacrifice, because that leaven, I believe, represents you and I. It's a human element where we get to be involved in worship. And how much of a blessing is that? And why do you worship the Lord? Well, go back to the three reasons for the sacrifice. Some of us worship the Lord out of thanksgiving. Verse 12, Lord, I want to thank you for what you did today. Lord, I just want to thank you. I mean, my my kids are healthy. Uh, Lord, uh, you know, everything's taken care of. Uh, You know, you got me through this day at work. I just want to thank you for that. Some of you are worshiping the Lord out of of a vow. Lord, I, I told you, I promised you, boy, if you would just get me through this, I would give you the glory and the last one, and I think this is the most important one, you worship the Lord, verse 16, as a voluntary offering just because he's worthy. See, so often people come into worship and they come in with a chip on their shoulder. i got nothing to praise God about. I'm behind all my bills. I'm not feeling good. My life's falling apart. I have nothing to be thankful to God about. God is always worthy of your worship because you worship God, not because of your situation, but because he's your Savior. He's just God. He's deserving of worship. And that's one thing you have to remember with worship, is if you only worship God because of what he has done for you, you're missing out on worship. That's an important part of, Lord, I thank you for what you've done. But also worship is just saying, Lord, your grace, your mercy, your salvation, you just being God is is worthy of praise. And so therefore, I just worship you to worship you. Jump back a few thousand years ago. You wake up one morning, you wake up and you see the sun rise you just are so amazed by who God is and what he's doing. So how do you honor God? It sounds weird, doesn't it? I'm just going to go kill a lamb. <laughs> to say, Lord, thank you for the beautiful sunrise. You know? You ever think the lambs get up and say, oh, Lord, I hope it's cloudy? But, you know, you wake up and you're just so overwhelmed with who God is. Oh, well, you killed a lamb. That's what you did. Well, here's the thing. is because the lamb was slain, Jesus, for us. Now when you wake up and the sunrise is beautiful, you can just sit there and hum a worship tune if you want. You can just sit there now and just say, Lord, I want to say thank you. Next time you come in here to church, and you may have come in as a grouch, may have had a bad day, may have had a fight with your spouse or kids before you got in here, don't sit there and think of worship as what God has done to earn my worship. Look at it as, God, I just want to worship you because you are worthy. When you get up tomorrow and you think of worship, I encourage you, every day, make it a part of your life, a time of worship. And it may be singing, it may be listening to that music, or it may just be, Lord, I want to sit and just have a time of prayer where it's just worship, it's just praise. One of the things that Dawn and I try to do when we have our time of prayer is we like to start out with just worship in the sense of we just thank God for being God. Lord, we thank you for your grace, we thank you for your mercy, we thank you for your salvation. Now, we also get into the Lord, thank you for this and that specific things, but we try to have a time just to say, Lord, you are worthy of just praise because you're just God. And that's what this sacrifice is trying to tell you, is you want peace with God? Well, there's a picture of Jesus and his death on the cross, but this is also a sacrifice of just, hey, Lord, I want to do it because I want to do it. This is totally voluntary. Now, next week, when we get into the sin offering, when we start getting into the trespass offerings, those aren't voluntary. Those are you screwed up and something's got to die for it. This is the last of the sacrifices that you just say, Lord, I want to because I want to. It's a beautiful picture of worship and praise, and it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of what Christ did on the cross for our sins. Anybody have any final questions, comments about the peace offering, or depending on your translation, the fellowship offering here before we close up? All righty. If not, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just come to you now, and we just pray for this. Lord, we pray for this heart. Um, I pray that we'd bring the peace offering regularly, Lord, to you. I pray that we'd bring that sacrifice of praise. Lord, just, just help us. Lord, as individuals, we all have individual tastes and likes and dislikes. Lord, help us to remember praise and worship is not about us. It's about you. Just giving you the glory, no matter what the situation or circumstances are. And to you be the glory, Lord, for you alone are worthy of the praise. And we love you and we thank you, Lord. We lift this up in your name. Amen. Don't forget, if you're interested in heart to heart, let me know tonight so we can get uh, the information to Renee.